0: With a clothing rental membership from Armour, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high-quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a 5-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. I'm Monica Packer from About Progress and this is How Do You? A monthly series where we hear from real women sharing how they are working on their progress with their identity, habits, and fulfillment. I am so thrilled to be sharing this new monthly series with you. The fourth Thursday of each month, you are going to hear me having a conversation with a member from this community and them sharing how they are working on progress in their real life, from learning how to garden or learning how to run, getting into jump roping, and other big goals and aspirations they might be working towards as well. Today we get to hear from Katie Basto. She has become a good friend online with me, and she recently is uh, finishing up law school as a busy mom of three kids. There has been a surprising number of women in this community who are interested in going back to school, whether to get their undergraduate degree or a postgrad degree. And if that's you, this episode is going to be really helpful, but especially if you are considering law school. Katie and I talk about her journey to law school, what's helped her get through it, and why it's been important for her to expand herself in these ways. Before I go into sharing this conversation, I would love to hear from you on, on this new monthly series. So if you have something that you are getting into, that you are working hard on, or that you are just finding fulfillment and joy from, and you want to share about it with the About Progress community, you can email me at hello at aboutprogress.com and put in the subject line how do you? So that way we know which one you are considering, uh, contributing to. So again, that's hello at about progress.com and in the subject line, write How do you today we get to learn? How do you go back to law school as a busy mom? Katie Basto, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It's so fun to finally talk to you. I know we've been online friends for a long time and that's what I love about this community is I feel like I've got just an amazing group of women who are my dear friends and you become one of them. Tell us about you and your family or whatever else you want to share.
1: Great. Thank you. I am a military spouse of 18 years. So ever since my husband and I graduated college, we have been in the military doing this military lifestyle and that's taken us all over the country. We move every few years as you know, I have three kids. My oldest is six. Well, he's going to be 16 next week. He doesn't stop reminding that of (laughs) 35 minutes and he has down syndrome. We found that out when, when he was born and we have a 12 year old boy and a nine year old girl. And right now we're in New Mexico. We've been here about four years. And in just a few months, right after my graduation, we're going to be going back to the DC area where we just came from. And I'm a law student and that takes up most of my time. (laughs) Um, That fills up all the nooks and crannies usually. But when I force my hobbies back into my life, reading is my just absolute favorite thing to do. I absolutely love reading all sorts of books and genres. Going to the movies is one of my favorite things in the world. That's one of my my kids and I, that's kind of a big thing. It's like we go to the movies. We love the whole process, the popcorn, all of it. And I love baking cake decorating and yeah, I've always just been into history and, and government politics, current events, those kinds of things have always been
0: fascinating for me. Now you're leaning into that part of your life and hopefully with time, you can also lean back into the other things too. I love learning a little bit more about you. So what I would like to do is have you describe the setting and this is where you just kind of take us back a little bit about what went into this decision to go back to school for you? And what, you know, how long did that decision take? What factors were at play? All of that. Okay. When I was a kid, I wanted
1: to do everything. Everything was (laughs) on the table. I was, I watched Twister and wanted to be a storm chaser. I mean, things now that just sound nuts. I (laughs) wanted to do anything and everything. Astronaut, doctor, lawyer, everything, everything was on the table. I had high goals (laughs) and thought I could just do anything, you know, and 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 maybe I could. But when I got to college though, I was starting to get really serious and intentional. Like, what am I actually gonna do here? And I was debating a lot between going into teaching and going to law school, becoming a lawyer. And and there was a variety of reasons I went with teaching instead at the time and and got my elementary education degree. I don't regret at all choosing teaching. It gave me, you know, some great skills and and I really and I enjoyed That time in my life. So I did teach for a couple of years after my son, before my son was born, I taught for a few years and I had intended to take a few years off when my son was born. But when, as I mentioned before, we found out when he was born that he had Down syndrome. And so that really just changed the whole trajectory of my life. And very much thought I need to stay. I need, I need to, to, to put stuff on hold right now because, you know, his surgeries, his therapies and everything, and he's doing very wonderfully right now. He's, he's fantastic. So I, and then of course, again, military, that that's that little part of my life Uh, for the next several, for the next 15 years, we moved every few years and we had two more children. And so of course that was my chunk of time of life was that doing that, So then about five, five five-ish years ago, when we were still back in Virginia, I don't know when, I don't know, I, I can't even remember the conversation I had with my husband, but I just remember bringing up law school again, just kind of in a, hey, maybe this is something I should look into again. And I was like, should I itch this scratch? But Knowing me and my husband knows me very well. I can, with things like that, I'm, I'm big talker. So I didn't do much with it at that moment, just kind of threw it out there. Like, Hmm, maybe, maybe I should go back to law school someday. And also I I should mention a lot because of my son, you know, my, he's completely changed my perspective and suddenly I I had this urge to look more into disability issues and, and have that, have that knowledge base. So I mentioned that, about and so my husband kind of caught on to it and he, okay, so this whole story is going to come out that my, my husband's the hero here. <laughs> he is, he heard me say that and he just ran with it. He just, he, he was the one that was like looking up LSAT prep books and I'm going, no, I was just talking. This is too scary. Don't, I can't, this is scary. I can't do this. And he's like, you know, just, just look into it. I think this could be good for you. I think, I think you'd do really well with this. And so then we kind of had a holding pattern there. And then we found out that we're moving to Albuquerque. And I I do remember him distinctly saying this. I remember him saying, there's a law school that's like 20 minutes away from where we're going to live because we plan to live on base. He's like, I don't know, but you should, you know, and he's nudging and he's pushing, you know, he's, Come on, I think you should really think about this. Like, Mm -hmm. this is our, our, you know, my youngest was going to be in kindergarten. So, we, so he encouraged me more. And then once we got here, he was even more encouraging. (laughs) I I almost want to say pushy, but that sounds like he was forcing me to do this. That it's just that he knows I could not, I would not do take steps. I was too scared, too nervous, too everything. And I can talk more about that later because that's a big piece of advice that I've learned from this. He got me more books. He was like, look at these LSAT prep courses. And, you know, it was, it was a very interesting time. He was very much, you know, my my cheerleader with <laughs> this when I had no cheerleading abilities of my own for myself. Mm-hmm. And I took the LSAT while I was here. It was not fun after 15 years of no education, formal education stuff, all of a sudden launching into this ginormous standardized test was yeah, it was not fun, but it, 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 I lived through it. So that's the good thing I applied. And then I was accepted and, and due to start fall of 2019 and we would finish it just, I mean, just as we knew we were probably going to move in 2022 Mm -hmm. and it just, it's all kind of worked out in that sense. So there's been a lot of frustrating things with COVID, obviously, um, COVID changes, being online for a lot of the yeah. school. I've wanted to quit a hundred thousand times, but now I'm graduating in a few months. So wow, that's, that's my story of why I'm here.
0: Oh, it makes me smile. It makes me smile to hear your history. It makes me smile to hear about your husband being a cheerleader for you. And I can already hear like, you know, proverbial, I guess, like hear women discounting themselves because their husbands quote unquote, aren't supportive, but there's other supportive people too. We can, Mm -hmm. we can rely on, but I'm also (laughs) smiling about what you just said, how you almost quit a hundred thousand times. That Mm -hmm. alone right there gives me the boost I need to do the things I want to do in my life. And I hope the women who are listening. So now I'm going to ask the main question of this interview and it's how do you go to law school as a busy mom? And I'm sure we could talk for hours on this, you know, systems, logistics, what's happening, but we're going to kind of stick to an overview of the main points, the things that have helped you go to law school as a busy mom. What does this look like for you?
1: Some of the things I might say are very kind of law school specific, and but I think most of what I've learned could be applied to just about anybody. So in terms of the more specific advice, if you're out there and you're consider actually considering law school is number one. Of course, okay. Well, you're not going to know what you want to do exactly. Very <laughs> few people on day one of law school say, I want to do this. And they definitely do it. You change your mind a thousand times. But if you have a general field that you think you're interested in, talk to people in that field. And of course, that's good advice for anybody. Talk to people in that field. Find out what the job is really like so that you know it's not like what you see on TV
0: or whatever. <laughs> Find out what not law and order. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dang it. No. And I'm probably not going into criminal law. So it's definitely not going to be law and order. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Obviously there's an entrance exam, the LSAT. That's a, that's a huge hurdle. It is. It's, it's a big, scary hurdle and I get it. So that's something you have to look into. You've got to start getting prep books and, and looking into that. I'll jump to this last one that I've had last on my list, but I'm like, no, this is probably more important. Assessing your network of support. And I will mention that I'm president of our moms of law group at the, at my law school. And, you know, even within this group where we all have this, we're all parents doing this law school thing, even within us, we have different levels of support. Some of us, some of them in my group are single moms, some have, you know, six children, some have older children, younger children. All those little variables, you know, make a little bit of a difference. That doesn't mean one variable means you should not be in law school at any given time, but you do need to assess that network of support that you have and think through the various people that can support you, what your options are perhaps for child. I'll mention that at the beginning of law school, your 1L year, they call it. If your school's anything like mine, you have very little freedom in your schedule. They tell you what to take. You are taking this. That's it. So you need to have make sure that you've got a pretty good plan for what you're going to do for childcare if, if that's you know something you need. As my time's gone on, I've had more control over my schedule. I've had a little more freedom in my I've had freedom in my class choices and, and I can kind of decide like I want all my classes to be in the morning or the afternoon or something. So there is a little more freedom that you can get, but that's something you need to consider is that one all year can be intense. So that's when you need to pull out all the stops for support. You know, I have this incredibly supportive husband, but he's also quick to remind me though, that, you know, cause I here I think like, well, no one can relate with me, you know, because well, I shouldn't say no one, you know, I have this, I have this incredibly supportive husband. And, and I know that, you know, sometimes people might be in situations where their spouse might be a little more reticent and that's understandable too. This is a yeah. big choice. But he reminds me too, though. He's like, Katie, you don't have any family nearby though. Like, don't forget that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's not like this is a cakewalk for you either. He's like, you have a son with a disability and you don't have family nearby, that's what being the military is all about is, you know, not having that access to family as easily. So we've had to work this out in a unique way that other people might have different levels of support. And, and so it's something you need to really assess. And see, see how you can make it, make it work. There's no right time. I guess that's my point. There's no yeah. perfect time because whether you if, if you want to go when your children are young, there will be pros and cons to that. If you want to go when they're a little older teenagers, there are pros and cons to that. If you want to wait until they're out of house, there's pros and cons to that there's no right time other than the time that you feel like the strongest, that that's what you need to do and and of course for me it was also the circumstances all coalesced and i was that's like true. if i don't do this now it'll be really difficult another time and so mm-hmm. i'm willing to take the the gives and takes so that's a big you know don't let anybody make you think that you know earlier is better later is better it's all going to be slightly unique and you need to weigh those pros and cons and figure out if the pros outweigh the cons and that's the right time for you to do something
0: there's always trade-offs, which we talk about a lot on this in this community.
1: Absolutely. And then just a tiny one more minute of quick specific advice as far as figuring out where you live. It's it's always wonderful if you can to go to a law school where you can then work in that community because you make networks and connections. I'm not doing that. <laughs> So I know how wonderful that is to go to mm-hmm. law school and then have community. You know, I'm moving across the country five seconds after graduation. Mm-hmm. So I really miss that opportunity for, for networking. So but that's something to think about is where you're going. You know, if you can find a way to go to a school and then in a place where you're going to live, that's always ideal. But obviously you can still get around that otherwise. And oh, last, last one for the specific advice. Although I think this could apply for any school, any program, anything. Look at the numbers of non-traditional students at that school. My school is awesome with the numbers of non-traditional students like myself, older students, and then find way if you can find who those people are and you know connect with that school and see if you can talk to those people talk to those students that's exactly what I do in my club position is reaching out to people who are applying and just so I can give them a good bad the ugly I can give them all the information that they need so look and see if that program it's not impossible if you're the only you know over 30 year old in your class I mean that doesn't mean you can't do it but it's good to know if 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 you're choosing between two places does one have more people your age you know little little things like that can really help
0: i never would have thought about looking into the non-traditional kind of population in your school, but that, that seems so essential. Okay. Uh, so let's move into some more general advice for people who just want to go back to school as moms, whether mm-hmm. that's an undergrad or over, um, overgrad, undergrad or, or post-grad
1: or
0: overgrad sounds like it should yeah. be what we say. What advice do you have for them? How, how have you made this work for you? How do you do it?
1: Yeah. Okay. So this one, the first thing that I thought of with just general advice if you're like me especially you have to say your plans and your ideas out loud you cannot keep them in your head because if no one knows about them no one can support you if you just wish away your days like wouldn't that be fun and and don't really voice that then you're not giving people the chance to support you and sometimes people need to you know people in your life might need to marinate on your thoughts and your plans you know so sometimes you The first reactions aren't the best reaction, but you know, my, my husband would not have known to push me (laughs) and encourage me if I had never said anything, you know, say it out loud, tell people in your life, your, your, you know, extended family, your friends, your close family, like tell them I'm thinking about doing this just so that they can hear you say it. And then they may be in an opportunity where when you need a little encouragement, you will. that they can do that for you and they can be that for you. So that was, that was definitely something. Great I advice. the next one. Okay. This is my favorite one. And I will tell you, even though I had all those crazy wild dreams of what I would do someday, I'm actually an extremely risk adverse, cautious person. I overthink everything. You know, it's a huge thing. I wish I could get over. <laughs> I don't make crazy jumps. I will say though, that if you're a risk adverse person like me, the law, the law can be a perfect field for you because Mm -hmm. you you don't want a wild, crazy lawyer. You don't want (laughs) someone you want your lawyer to be risk adverse because that means they're, they're thoughtful. They, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't make wild gambles with your life and your money. So, you know, I've had many professors say that they're like, yeah, you risk adverse is a great quality for a lawyer. That makes sense. (laughs) So, you know, there's hope for people like me, but that of course paralyzes me sometimes because I'm the type that I could not take a step in a direction unless I knew everything that was going to happen and all the steps that were in front of me. So my advice is that you need to learn how to take a step towards the things that you want to do and know that it doesn't automatically require you to take more steps. And for instance, with law school, take the LSAT, study for the LSAT. If that's the piece you need to start with study, then take it just because you take the LSAT doesn't mean you have to apply. Then if you apply to a program, law school, anything, any program, just because you apply doesn't mean you have to, and you get admitted doesn't mean you have to go And just because you start it, Doesn't mean you absolutely have to finish. That was the hardest one for me. I was like, oh man, if I quit and, and Hey, sometimes we take, go into things and we discover, yikes, this is not for me. I was so worried about, oh, I'd look like a quitter. And, and you can't think that way. Mm -hmm. You have to sometimes take those steps and know that they do not commit you to the next step, but for your end goal to ever happen, you have to take those first steps. And it's scary. Trust me, I understand. It's completely scary. I'll, I'll share this one quote with you that I love from Apollo 13.
0: It's the best movie. <laughs>
1: yes. Oh my gosh.
0: And ironically, it's kind of
1: why I wanted to be an astronaut. Like what a horrible movie sure. to make me want to be an astronaut. <laughs> is. I'm such a weirdo. So there's this perfect line that Tom Hanks says when he gets, you know, Fred Hayes and Jack are are, are, are fighting about the steps they have to take. And I even looked it up because I knew I was going to get it wrong. So I looked it up and wrote it down, but he shares this quote and he said, Tom Hanks as what's his name Lovell. Anyway, um, he says, there are a thousand things that have to happen in order. We are on number eight. You're talking about number six hundred and ninety two. And I've, you know, I've always felt that deeply. That's what I do. I worry about steps 37 and I haven't even taken step one yet. You can't get to those things later that you're even worried about until you just take the first step. So Fantastic. Like, that's like, that's like, that's the number one thing that I try to impart to people. It's just, don't be afraid to take those steps. And they're big steps. I get it. Taking the LSAT is not a little thing. It's mm-hmm. not like just signing up on an email website or something. It's a big, it's a big step, but you know, don't worry about things that are going to happen when you're in class and how childcare is going to work. If you haven't even taken that first step, because you may not even need to worry about that later. You might start taking steps and discover it's not right. And that's fine. Redirect. But again, you can't get to where you think you want to go and have those future problems you think you're going to have until you take the first step just to sound like a broken record. I apologize.
0: (laughs) No, don't because that that's brilliant advice applies to everything, but especially this, Mm -hmm. I think one of the things we do when we're thinking about something big like this, is we put the cart before the horse, when we're Mm -hmm. thinking about Mm -hmm. scheduling or childcare or home management, now we could get really in the weeds with this, but I was wondering if you have any advice on how, how do you do it? Actually, let's, let's hear your perspective. How do you manage your schedule and your home family management? Like what's helped you do that and go to law school?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I had to get really intentional. First of all, about my priorities get very real, get very real about what's important and what's not, because I, this is only for a season. It's not going to be forever. So I had to get very real about your priorities and what you're willing to let go of what you're willing to get help with and, and, you know, whatever you can afford to get help with. I mean, here's my permission to you get help with it. Things might need to be taken off the table for a time. And that's, that's fine. If you have other responsibilities or, or you're, you know, in the PTA or, you know, I don't know, like there's other things that might go in your life that might need to just drop out for a little while or take a little bit of a backseat.
0: Do you have a quick Um, example of that? mm -hmm. Like, what's something that you've just let go of through these years of law school? what I've let go of. I know. I was just thinking
1: about that too. I'm like, well, other than, you know, trying to lower my standard of cleanliness for the house and not getting to work. is back. a big one though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all could probably do that. We probably all, all get a little mm-hmm. uptight about you know the state of our home. It has to be per- well. The big one that comes to mind actually. So I, I know you and I attend the same, the same religion. Was the second counselor in the Relief Society presidency. So you know, in charge of the you know helping plan activities sure. and care for for them and, and whatnot. And I definitely when I got admit, admitted to school, I of course let my friends on this board know. Okay, I'm doing this, and and I, of course I had discussions and thought, well, if we'll see, how, my, I decided to see how it went. Let's see how it goes. And they, of course, were extremely supportive and good and kind to me, thankfully, and, and, and were 100% willing to accommodate and, and work with me the best I could. Obviously, I maybe couldn't attend every meeting all the time, but we did our best and got through that first semester and, and it worked out pretty well. So that, that was probably one of the big things was I had to get very real about that, that that work I was doing in church and very honest about my time with those around me and not try to think, well, I'll give hundred percent to school and hundred percent to this, this work and hundred percent to my family. I'm like, nope, that's 300%. That math doesn't add up. So <laughs> that's probably what the, yeah. And we were, you know, and I had to, that first year I needed to arrange child care for after school and for my children. And again, I, I, if, if, we had had family around, that's probably where I would have been like, Hey, everybody, how, how would you like to help us with that? Particularly my older son, he's not able to stay by himself. You know, most 14 year olds can usually hang out for a few hours by themselves and he cannot. So you're, I'm very lucky that in our area through the, through the state, through the county, we have those respite hours that we can use to have someone come, you know, a qualified person to come and sit with him. And then also when the other kids would get home, could sit with them and take care of them as well. So that was a huge, huge blessing, but there was times when that person couldn't come. And then my husband had to be the one to swoop in and, you know, rearrange his schedule a little bit. And I think that's, that's the main things that I, that came to mind as far as how things had to be arranged mm-hmm. and prioritized. How I'm about sure studying?
0: Were- <laughs> like, how have you fit in? you know, actual, the actual school part for yourself, what does that kind of schedule look like? Yeah.
1: Well, most people that have done this would say, again, you have to be pretty intentional with your time after that first year, after a solid day of thinking and anxiety all the time, you know, I'd come home and I'd just be drained and I didn't want to like get right back to the book. So it was, I kind of carved out this time where I'd come home and just, you know, unwind and be with the kids and we'd make dinner and, and then kind of as, as they were getting ready for bed and getting to bed, that's then when I would take time to, to study. And that's, that's what worked that first year. I had to change my study plans constantly. Cause also, as you all remember, our, all our children were home,
0: yeah. you know,
1: March yes. of 2020. So mm-hmm. I had to read kind of format where I put those study blocks and, you know I. I, I I had to learn very fast how to study. Yes, I in terms of what would be the most effective use of my time studying, and and the first year they drown you in reading. It's just that's just how it is. I don't know why they want to do that to you, but they do. They just drown you in reading, so you have to learn how to read effectively. <laughs> these new things, these cases, and it's a it's a muscle that gets developed, and so now. I am so much more of an efficient reader when it comes to certain, you know, cases and whatnot. So it's something you do learn and pick up, but that's kind of the other hard part about that first year is, is growing those muscles, developing those neural pathways
0: of, of a new skill and a new way to study. So you've had yeah. to be flexible with how to fit it in, mm-hmm. but you found ways to make it kind of more blocks. It sounds like you've, you've gotten good at having different
1: mm-hmm. focuses
0: on time and letting those guide how you spend that certain block of time.
1: Yeah. And it'll be different for everybody. Obviously Mm -hmm. you might find that you're, oh, I don't know if you're more of a morning person, then especially as time goes on, try to do more of your study in the morning. You know, you just, I don't know, everybody's a little bit different with their time and family responsibilities, but just like anything in life, you fit it in somehow, if it's important, you know, And, and then of course that means something else needs to just sit tight for a while. So don't think that, you know, we can't cram everything in. So you've got Mm -hmm. to kind of get intentional about, well, I guess I can't do this for a while
0: and that's okay. One of the biggest things I'm hearing you say is you can't go back to school with perfectionistic standards (laughs) and everything. You can have high quality standards for different parts of your life that really matter. And for that, I mean, it sounds like school has to be one of those. I mean, that's the biggest focus that you're spending your time on during the day but outside Mm -hmm. of that, it's what, what can I let go of? What can I actually narrow in on what matters with my home life, with our schedule, with our time together, with our extracurricular, with how we eat all of those things. Is there any other big piece of of advice that you have for them for people in school, especially moms? Well, just to touch on what you just said about, you can't be a perfectionist.
1: Absolutely. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and for all those reasons you named But the number one thing that came to mind too, for me, and this was a big lesson, like try not to do this because I was horrible at this. You can't be a perfectionist with yourself Mm -hmm. and your own performance in school. I thought I was going to come into this and just, wow, everyone look at her go. She's this, you know, late thirties mom with three kids and she is a legal genius (laughs) I thought I was going to come in and just, wow, everybody, like I have all this life experience. Like I I could have gone one way and had really low expectations for myself. I decided to go to the opposite extreme and have crazy high expectations for myself. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? You're running in a pool of really bright people. (laughs) And, And all of this stuff is really hard. And I let comparison of how I was doing compared to, or what I perceived other people doing compared to me eat at me, kill me, just, just totally bother me. I had this high, overly high standard for myself and it was, it was, it was horrible at times. I felt awful. I felt inadequate. It contributed to the hundred of thousand times I wanted to quit because I mm-hmm. thought I shouldn't be here. I'm not amazing. And, and, you know, people in my life would have to you know, shake me and be like, what are you talking about? Why you put these high standards up for yourself, and then and then no one can meet those incredibly high standards for themselves, and you're beating yourself up for it. You know you're going to school, you're showing up, you're doing your best. Rarely are people as amazing as they look. (laughs) You know there we like to think other people are just running at a high level. We don't know the whole story. So something that my friends in my mom's law group. Um, hear me say over and over and over and over is keep your eyes on your own paper. Don't focus on what everybody else is doing. There's so many different classes to take and those kind of extra things that you can do in law school. I'm not sure what other programs are like in other places, but you're going to want to think, well, she's doing this and she's going to do this and law review. That's a big thing in law school. She's going to do that and this, and he's going to do and you just get so caught up in what other people are doing and thinking that you need to also do that to be successful. And that's just not true. You need to evaluate your own life and evaluate kind of where you think you want to go and then make your decisions based on that and not worry about what other people are doing. And you have to realize that you're only there a short time and the real world is going to be different than your school experience. And just have to keep, gotta stay in your own lane, run your own race. You're not running against other people. You're, doing your own unique thing and no one else's life is a copy paste of each other's. So Mm -hmm. that's that's the perfectionism with yourself is, is, is going to hurt you.
0: (laughs) So I'm curious, Katie, if there's one thing you would do a little differently, what would you do if you could go back in time?
1: Yeah, definitely stop comparing myself to other people. Mm -hmm. 100% that would have saved a lot of tears and time. I think that, I think that's the huge one. I mean, you learn different study techniques as you go and you realize, ah, I should have utilized this resource going back. I think an important lesson of learning is that learning often doesn't happen the first time you're exposed to something. You need to hear it many times and then it clicks. So if I could go back, I would have found different ways to learn something and it's often, you know, you hear something one time, then you hear it again. And I would have found different ways to learn a concept because sometimes just a unique way, somebody else phrases it all of a sudden makes it click for you. So keep working at it. It's that repeated exposure that will eventually make it click. And so you are not, you are completely normal if you don't understand something fully the first time you read it or hear it. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah, that that's going to help a lot of women who are moving into it and feeling just that comparison coupled with how they used to study or how other people are studying now, just to remember there's different ways to learn the same thing and to not give up the first time. Well, let's go to the final question then, Katie, what has been the biggest benefit that you've had in this pursuit that you've experienced? I
1: think number one is that learning new things is really fun. I mean, for a minute, I try to forget about all the stress, anxiety, and, and all of those things that are there. And sometimes I have to remember, I had a very wise professor tell me, remind me of that, that learning is fun. It's, it's fun to learn new things, even when it's a little hard and, and challenging. In fact, it might be more fun a little bit to learn new things when it's a tad challenging because then now you have this knowledge of something that before you would never have dreamed you would understand or know. So I think that's learning new things has been one of my favorite benefits of doing this. Just that um, again, I don't want to make it sound Pollyanna, like because I love learning, this is so fun and easy. And that's not true of course, but I, when when I find myself getting stressed out now, I try to refocus. focus. Like, why am I here? I am here to learn. I'm not here to be a master at anything. I'm here to learn. Learning is fun.
0: Fantastic. This has just been brilliant. I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that you've, you've done it. I'm excited for what's to come and have you, you've you've definitely probably, I shouldn't say definitely probably, but have you narrowed it down what you're doing? Are you going to do disability work as you thought you would at the beginning or what's, what's calling you now for law?
1: Yeah, exactly. I. I have a feeling
0: that no matter what I do, I'm going
1: to tie it back into something disability related because that's where my heart and passion is. Mm-hmm. I wish I was that person that was graduating soon and already had everything figured out, but I, I don't, you know, moving cross country certainly has put a, it's going to be a huge. giant, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> a giant know about that. But I, I think my, usually my quick answer is I've been lately into government and public interest work. Though estate planning has been really fascinating cool. to me yeah. and, and just, I, I, I think it's wonderful. I, I can even tie it in with disability issues because there's a lot of people that have children with disabilities that as they get into adulthood, there are so many things you need to think about with that. And so that is the way for also for me to connect with other families and serve those families. Of families like mine. So, even if I go into that more private firm work in that area, I think that could be very fulfilling.
0: Well, now we're just going to say about progress listeners who are in the DC area, who who have some kind of law link or network. Get in touch with us and I'll get you in touch with Katie. And also, for those who who are interested, uh, Katie, tell people where to to find you on Instagram. And you know, you say you don't have like a super public account and stuff, but you're happy for people to message you there. What's that account?
1: Sure. Yes. It's just my first and last name, Katie Basto. And that's, I, should I spell it? I don't know if that's a hard word. Sure.
0: K-A-T-Y-B-A-S-T-O-W.
1: Yes. Feel free to message me. My favorite thing in the world is talking to people and answering their questions about all this because I had people in my life when I was first starting this that I could talk to and give me the real scoop, you know, give me all the good and the bad, like give it all. And and I could do that. If I can do that for others, that's just the most wonderful thing.
0: Well, thank you for paying it forward, especially to us here. And we'll be sure to do that in turn somehow today to pay it forward to someone else. We so appreciate your perspective and your story, and I'm excited to see what's next. Thanks, Katie. Thank you so much. Thank you.